You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the Unofficial 40. And we finally have football, ladies and gentlemen. Football is here. We've been out to several practices. Uh, we had a chance to uh, catch up with uh, a lot of players and coaches. Uh, some of those you'll hear from uh, here today on the podcast. And welcome in uh, Josh McQuistian joining us uh, from Home Safe Home. Josh, welcome. I'm glad to be here. I, I don't know why I get the anointed uh, first welcome, but that's I appreciate it. It's probably because we don't have a lot to talk about with you today. Uh, Eddie Radosevich is here as well, <laughs> and Bob Prisbello. Uh Bob, we only have an hour with, so he's got to scat out of here. He's got to go do important Real radio work. Uh, so uh, we're just idiots on the podcast. Uh, first off, first order of business. I want everybody listening to know, uh, and this is a limited time offer, because uh, uh, if you're not a subscriber to the Sooner Scoop, uh, to Soonerscoop.com, and you've always thought, you know, I think I want to do that. I think I want to I be able to go and talk to Josh and Bob and Eddie and Carrie anytime I want. Uh, and trust me, I've been up all night uh getting ready for this thing, got story content loaded from the site. Uh, our content is out our asses right now. It's everywhere on the website because spring football is rolling, or spring football, fall camp is rolling. And uh, Preseason camp. Pre-se- I call it fall camp. I know, and it's kind it's, of it's, messed it's, up. It, when it's 100 degrees it out and you're sweating your balls <laughs> off. It feels like fall today. Yeah. So we got that But going. it's fall camp. You're not going to screw with that. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so fall camp is uh, in full swing. They are finally in full pads. Uh, we've waited four days for that to happen. And uh, there's no better time for you to be a member of Soonerscoop.com. Now, uh, we've had photo galleries. We've had uh, practice updates every day. Uh, we've got stories going right now. Bob's got uh, lots of stuff he's working on. I've even put up a couple stories today. Uh, and so if you're saying, I thought about subscribing to Soonerscoop, but I just haven't done it yet. Well, you have no reason not to do it because right now we all know. that. I mean, we talk about... 20% of our show is probably talking about Jordan brand stuff these days. And at the uh, the Rivals Fan Shop, it's run by Fanatics, which runs Oklahoma's official fan shop. So it's all the same stuff. Stuff you can get on our site. I don't think there's anything exclusive to, like the OU's official site that you can get there. That you can't. There might be some stuff. But the Jordan brand stuff, if you guys want a piece of that, we are going to give you, if, you have, if, you're, if you're not subscribing to Sooner Scoop, uh, maybe you let your subscription lapse. Maybe you've never done it before. Sign up for a one-year subscription, ninety-nine ninety-five. 
we will give you a $99 gift certificate to the Sooner Scoop Rivals fan store that's chocked full of Jordan gear right now. So basically, we're paying you to sign up for a year. Because you know you want the Jordan brand stuff. That stuff is flying off the shelves. We have it in stock, though. So uh, use the promo code GETGEAR99. Go look at our Twitter page, at Sooner Scoop. Uh, you can get the links there on how to sign up. If you're already registered, uh, there's a link there that, that automatically puts the promo code GETGEAR99 in the box for you. All you have to do is pick an annual subscription, sign up. Boom, within 72 hours, you're going to have a gift certificate to go get your Jordan gear, $99 worth in the fan shop. So uh, there's not a better deal. We're basically giving away a year subscription. And you're getting stuff. And we'll... Certain exclusions uh, apply, and that is one of them. We will not. That's not. That's not part of the promo. I read that wrong. Then, and we just lost our sponsors. Um, by the way, big news coming soon on that as well. Uh, really big news. Going to be great news for the podcast. So anyway, let's get to what we've seen out at camp. Really, only one tragic situation that's happened so far, uh, and Lincoln Riley announced that yesterday before he even took any questions. Yeah, before we get started, uh, one injury we want to pass along. Starlin Baldwin uh, re-tore his ACL uh, that he had repaired right before he got here. Um, did it in a non-contact uh, a couple days ago. Hope for the best, but got the official word on that. So Starlin will have uh, will have uh, you know surgery here in the next few days. Uh, we'll miss this season. We'll, we'll do the full red shirt. You know, probably won't be available for the for the four games. Uh, terrible news. Uh, but it's not like Starlin Baldwin was a guy that everybody's like, oh, he's in the mix at corner. He could, I mean, they're in pretty good shape. They're in such good shape at corner, they're giving them to the safety position. So, uh, you know, now I'm trying to think, Josh, did he tear that like, very, at the beginning of his senior year? Very first game. Wow. I think in like the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he, he's played, he's going to go almost two years of playing almost no football. A non-contact injury. So he was probably running through some cones or something like that, and it just I – mean, that's terrible. I mean, but Bob, – Bob, do you remember right? I almost want to say his one his senior year was not in contact as well. I think so, and I thought it was that receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just out running a route or something. Like, I don't think there was anything special about it. So he'll have to rehab, and as Lincoln said, their own doctors will be working on it. Uh, and they'll be able to do the rehab there so that you know they'll do it the right way. I thought it was interesting. Um, I saw like the worst quote, and I don't have it to play, and I was going to use it in the notebook that I made, but somebody asked Kenneth Murray about it, and I don't think Kenneth Murray knew who Starlin Baldwin was because it was a very generic, you know, you never want to see guys go down. He's like, I pray every day I don't get injured. I pray every day none of my teammates get injured. Uh, And I was just like, I'm not using that quote. Like, that's not advancing the story at all. So, I mean, when you're in the middle of camp, I can get that. Like, you're not, you can't really be concerned. You know, when you're, when you're rushing the beach, you can't be concerned about the guys that are getting whacked behind you. That's a weird person. That's why I wouldn't have been a good soldier. <laughs> I just have too big of a heart. No, yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, we had Trey Norwood, Jordan Parker. We had guys that you could actually ask. Yeah. I don't know. Like Kenneth Murray, I'm sure, does I don't not know who asked that. interact with Starlin. Yeah. I'm sure it was an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. We cannot confirm that. 
I don't, uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure it was. So anyway, uh, that is that is really a very small part of what what's happened at camp so far. Really, would you say that the biggest story slash non-story of camp? I think we can all agree on what that would be, can't we? Go ahead and let Eddie take this one. Eddie? Please, please don't tell me it's what I think it's going to be. Just because after we worry about what Kyler Murray's doing in 2019, <laughs> let's worry about who OU's recruiting in 2027. That's about as as important as that issue is. Here you go. You asked for it. Doesn't have that extra year. How much Jesus is there Christ, a I don't understand. Notice with Kyler knowing that this is his final year. Well, I I'm not going to really. That's not how I want to handle that. Um, <laughs> we'll see if it's his final year. That hasn't been determined yet. I'm not worried about it. If it is or if it isn't, that's going to have no impact on this year. When you say that, the A's have intimated that it is. Is that something that's being negotiated? You, hear the, you can well, hear like the ESPN phone the whole time. I, I, I've stayed out of the negotiation stuff with the A's. You know, that's that's not my business. It's his business. But I, my hope through this whole thing, which is the case, is that Kyler is going to be able to do what he wants to do. And if he wants to go play baseball after this year, then I'll we'll wish him well and, and be happy for him. But it's uh, the ball's going to be in his court, and which is where it should be. He's the one that's done it. All right, before Eddie completely loses his mind, I just want to play this out because uh, Jason Kersey uh, used his connections with The Athletic, uh, talked to Scott Boris. Scott Boris says, no, he's that's the plan. He's playing for one year, uh, and then he's going to be a, a baseball player. Well, Kyler was asked again because he got to talk to us on Monday. That was Friday. Right. When Lincoln said that. And then we talked to Kyler on Monday. And it was kind of weird, too. After being drafted, do you have a different mindset, different focus going into this year? Not at all. I mean, this, I play this year like it's my last year. If, you know, if I had, you know, if I were to come back next year. I mean, to me, you know, it's, it's national championship or, you know, failure. So that's just how I look at it. Are you thinking about coming back next year? <laughs> I'm worried about this season. This season all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were a guy. Come, kind of coming off the Cape last year, mm-hmm. everybody was like, well, you know, he's probably not going to be a, a high draft pick in baseball. And then you had a, a season that surpassed everybody's expectations, go as a number, you know, number one draft pick. You go into this season, you're a quarterback at Oklahoma. We know what the ceiling for yeah. a guy in your position is. What if you didn't, you know, have a Baker-like season? Yeah. What does that do? Um, I mean, that's, that's for them to decide. I mean, obviously right now, you know, I'm – going to play baseball but uh, you know I'm like I said I mean I'm focused on this season if you know whatever happens happens but right now you know my destiny is you know it's already you know we already know what's happening so uh, for me go out here this season and you know be successful is the plan and now I just await for Eddie to jump over the table and attack me I just don't understand why we're talking about it who cares it's a year from now we can I'll tell be, you who cares. Like everyone that, that roots for OU cares. There's a there's a season yet to be played. People care about a lot of stupid shit, Eddie. Whether or not Kyler Murray will play one or two years, I think it's a media driven bullshit subject. To be honest, you need to go start a rally down at the Switzer Center then. With Why your, would I rally? Because you can get your jorts on and your ESPN signs and your I'm not a fucking bomb signs. Loser, Ohio State fan. Well, that's what you sounded like you want to be, railing against the media. It's just dumb that we're even talking. There's two things out there right now that are just completely dumb to even talk about. What Kyler Murray does in 2019 and... If you say uh, quarterback battle, I'm cutting your mic off. No, Greg McElroy's comments. Who 
cares about his opinion. My God. Carrie's got that one queued up, too. I have a lot of shit to do today, Eddie. I can't just bleep like 500 Then bleeps. leave them in there. We're all, we're all grown-ups here. How sponsors feel about this shit? I think they know what they're signing up for. I don't think you know how this works. Then tell me. Uh, I, I'm sorry, <clears throat> but I'm going to further trigger Eddie with this. It'll be, uh, I think some of you guys noticed the under or the overrated. These um, questions. Unbelievable. You tweeted about it. You know, how motivating is that for you guys at this point in the season? Help me I write mean, my clickbait article. Oklahoma and every year you see this happening. And so, um, I mean, we're, we're getting used to it, but we always love the motivation. Uh, nobody likes Oklahoma and really Oklahoma doesn't like anybody else. So that's how it should be. And uh, I mean, they're just doing their job, I guess. But. Uh, we're always going to have our, our own backs. We've always got to prove ourselves. And so we're real good at doing that, and we'll continue to do that for sure. If you want to write clickbait articles, just come to an OU post-practice and ask OU players questions. That's all you have to do. It's, it's, Is it me or the only thing that's interesting about the whole conversation? And I, I'm not as far down the path as Eddie is because I, I can kind of understand, like, are we having a conversation about Kyler Murray being uh, the guy for the next couple of years? Is that going to factor into the decision that, okay, we could have Austin Kendall for several years or we can have Kyler for one. Right. You know, I, I think that's got some, you know, that, that has some relationship with reality, but the it, more interesting part to me is as it pertains to Austin Kendall, what does that mean that, that Lincoln really isn't pushing that line? Yeah. Of, that he won't yeah, give he's up gone on next it. year. Yeah. Like, I think that's a really interesting conversation. Like, is Lincoln almost hurting his cause by kind of denying something that we all expect to be true? Yeah, I don't know what Lincoln gets out of it by trying to fight that narrative that he only has one year. Exactly. Because, I mean, what, what are the odds he comes back next year? 5% maybe? Less. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so small. It just it seems like a weird hill to stand on. Blinken is obviously operating. This will go on, against the grain. I think there's more than a five percent chance Kyler Murray's back at OU. I think it's less than ten. How is that going against the grain? Because everybody just thinks that he's gonna be gone. Like it's like it's not even into story. Is it because he was he's so good at football? Possibly. Like I, I if I knew if I could predict the future. Probably wouldn't be sitting here. Well, he said, when I asked him about that, he said his destiny is set. It, it all mean, it's meaningless to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you hate, you hate, I don't understand you. You hate that people are asking it, yet you are furthering the narrative that he might come back. He might. I just think it's dumb to be talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's dumb to be talking about on August well, I 8th. think it's dumb to be fighting against something that you actually believe. That's fine. We just don't know the language in the contract. There's got to be an out somewhere, right? Everything's got to have some type of out. Or, I mean, give back money, you know, something like that. Or something could be negotiated. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, guys, like, look at, you know, I'm sure, I don't know which of you have watched the Hard Knocks last night from last night, but when they're actually going over the little stipulations in Baker Mayfield's contract. where About skydiving. You know, skydiving and, yeah. and rock climbing and all this other stuff. You've got to think an injury in a football game, which is probably as dangerous, more dangerous than a lot of those, is, is part of that contract. There's got to be something written in that gives the A's an out. So Lincoln doesn't want to... Okay, so here's a theory. 
Lincoln doesn't want to give up on Kyler Murray coming back for a second year just in case he breaks his leg early in the season. Does that make any sense? I mean, I guess, but I mean... That doesn't make that, any sense well, to me, but that, I mean... That doesn't compute. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't... I'm just trying like, to... If he said that, like if he said, yeah, Kyler, we're probably going to have him for this year, it doesn't change anything when the injury happens. Well, we couldn't have foreseen that this injury was going to happen. The A's were going to back out of their contract. Like, you, you still have that fallback, even not just with the public and with the media, you know, because we all know uh, lying to the media, as Urban Meyer is learning, is a dangerous slope. But... You're, you get to say that to Austin Kendall and his family. Like, we thought you were the guy. Now Kyler's going to come back, and we'll see what happens. By the way, the the I do not buy that whole thing for a second, the Urban Meyer. Oh, uh, you know, it's just commonplace for me to lie to the media. You could say that, but he also tried to discredit the writer from the get-go. Like, that's not that's not garden variety lying. He tried to discredit a man before it really turned into something really big. It's unfortunate that it had to come out this way, but Urban Meyer's a slime ball, and we've known that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's not breaking news. Go back to Florida, yeah. yeah you're yeah, even I, getting Florida writers going back thinking what they saw. What did saw. he lie to us? Yeah. Like, Maybe we were blinded because of all the wins. Think of the well from the stories Tebow. that you have told us from the 2008 Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they were lied to, and there's some feelings hurt down there. I was thinking the same thing, Eddie, because I remember Kerry talking about just how wor- like it, it was almost like a state of worship whenever Urban oh, yeah. Meyer spoke yeah. amongst the Florida media. Yeah, they were they were very much offended by anything that OU said that wasn't. It's just like the Tim Tebow thing about yeah. him being the fifth best passer in the Big 12. They lost their minds. I'm very here for the Urban Meyer downfall. Did we determine if those were crisis actors or not? Ezekiel Elliott's father? He probably need, you know, Zeke's got he had to pay a lot of fines last year. Might have needed to need some help with the mortgage. That Tennessee Jeff guy. <laughs> there's I mean, there's College football fans everywhere. I'm sure OU fans have. There's OU fans out there. I remember uh, the the guys that came and stood in front of the facility with uh, the Joe Mixon sign or whatever. There's crazy Rising fans everywhere. The yeah, there's crazy fans everywhere. But that guy. Well, that's my message. Just that like everyone, every OU fan that looks at those fans at Ohio State and is ashamed. Just realize that's not unique to Ohio State. Don't let yourself be that fan to support something about OU someday. Which, as you mentioned, the guy and his son, I was ugly. I That was unfortunate. Uh, to go that far to support a guy that really doesn't was lucky care to be you. there. And doesn't care about you. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, uh, Could yeah. care less about you. In the long run. I think in the short term he cared because it helped. Sure. And he might still care because he, he's not fully rehabilitated yet. Losers. Uh, okay. I, I didn't want to get too sidetracked on the urban stuff. I think, you know, what should be talked about is what's going on on the field with the quarterbacks, with Kyler Murray and 
Austin Kendall. And I did ask Lincoln, like, this was on yesterday. Kind of like, tell us what you've seen from the quarterback so far. Because I knew, you know, he's not going to sit there and tell us, well, you know, Kyler's thrown three more interceptions than Austin Kendall, and completion percentage is this. So here's kind of, Lincoln says something really interesting here in the second part about their personnel I want you to listen to. Lincoln, what has stood out to you about your quarterback specifically? You know, they both played pretty well. They've, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've made a lot of big plays, um, a lot of great throws. You know, their, their command of what we're doing has definitely improved. The, the competition has absolutely made both those guys better. They kind of like the safeties. They feel the heat a little bit right now, which is good. And so, uh, and I think they've done a good job. We've tried to emphasize like we did last year with our guys of, of really understanding we've got some new weapons at, at these places, um, and they've got to get on the same page with them, understand them, understand what these guys do well, how they do things. Um, so, yeah, they're they're improving quickly. Um, it's been fun to watch. A lot of good plays. We've still had you know a few too many negative plays, and a lot of times being a good quarterback is, is cutting those down, and we're going to have to do that. So, you know, Lincoln talked about – you know, the offense building around certain players. And I was thinking, you know, we all have kind of fitted in this box where OU has to have an H-back emerge. They, it has to be Carson Meyer or it has to be Jeremiah Hall. What if what if neither one really shows them that they're different? I know they hired Shane Beamer, so we think, oh, he's got to have an H-back. That's what he's here for. But what if having... What if Lincoln figures out that his best offense is having CeeDee Lamb, Marquise Brown, Michael Jones, and Grant Calcaterra all on the field at the same time? I think. Well. Or having I, Rod, it, having, or having Rodney two running backs. Yeah, having I, Trey and Rodney. That's on more the of the side that I I feel like they go is. Because I. I, I mean, two I, back, I mean, go back to the Samaje P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, two back sets. It worked really, really well, didn't it? Yeah. I think that they could definitely go to that side of things just because I, if they get the offensive line play that they think they're going to get, I think... You Do get, they need a lead block? Giving the ball to Trey Sermon and Rodney Anderson will benefit team uh, that team Not to mention well. having Marquise Brown available for the jet sweep stuff in or, this direction or Michael or Jones. Or Marcellus Sutton a little bit. I mean, I, they have more yeah. talent in the running back pool. I don't know how they're going to give carries to people. I mean, Kennedy Brooks, he looked... You could say he looked decent during the you spring, couldn't TJ you? Pledger. TJ Pledger. I mean, they have well, so many guys back there. Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, talk about an open field threat. Kyler Murray's dangerous with his feet. So that. And I guess that kind of gets you into the discussion of how much different is this offense going to look as far as are they going to run a whole bunch of option, we think? Well, according to Lincoln, they're figuring that out now. Yeah. A lot of underneath stuff to Marquise Brown and then stretch the field with CeeDee Lamb or I mean it's it's so bizarre going out there and, and you know when we had our, our media viewing portion, Bob was focusing on defensive guys and I was over there looking at offensive guys. And CeeDee Lamb is very impressive. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, he's put on good weight. But the one guy that I was like, you know, and I said this, I think even on the photo gallery, like the one guy you look at and you just think God, I just you just don't see guys like this very often. It's Grant Calcaterra. Yeah. Like we're so used to Mark Andrews being, you know, a big, ridiculously sized human being that could catch the ball and run down the field. Grant Calcaterra is more like a I mean, he's a lot more um graceful. 
I guess is the best way to put it. Of an athlete. He's kind of sneaky big, too. Just he as is. far yeah. as everything's like, long. Like how how tall would you think Grant Calcaterra is? Do you know how tall he is off the top of your head? From he's tall. I mean, he's like a, I, he's listed at six four. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Six, I mean, I if if I just looked at Grant Calcaterra, I would think <laughs> six two. Just from watching him on TV, handsome. it's the great hair, great hair. But it's it is crazy, just like how different he is. There's a I mean, there's he can be something that Mark Andrews never was. I'm not saying he I like Mark Andrews. I think is Jason Witten. Okay. Whereas Grant Calcaterra, I think, is more Jimmy Graham. Mark Andrews is more true tight end. Just a big possession receiver type as, guy. Yeah, as far as... And then Calcaterra is more of a... He can get you down the field, make, Grant make Calcaterra great could, catches in one-on-one situations. Would it be crazy if Grant Calcaterra, like, not led the team in receptions, but he could lead your team in receptions in a game and you'd be okay, I Oh, think. sure. Yeah. Right. Now, can he do that with Kyler Murray, quarterback? You know, doing it from a split position or a you know a, a true tight end position. I don't know. Okay, hang on. So I, I want to make sure I grasp all this. You feel like Andrews is more of the possession tight end, and Calcaterra is more of the dynamic downfield guy. I'm saying in the NFL. I don't see. Okay. I don't see okay, Mark Andrews yeah. as being uh, a down the field. You know, running with corner. You know, tight end. No, I think he's going to no. develop into more of a Jason Witten type player. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a little him. more athletic than Calcaterra is, but he's never been. Every time I watch Calcaterra, the word it's just smooth. It all yeah. looks really easy. You know, like he's never out of control. Where Andrews, you were like, it, it was almost like he was going too fast for himself or something sometimes. So I guess that leads. And to I'm the dissing part. a John Mackey Award winner. So sorry about that, Mark. What are they going to do with? the trio of Braden Willis, Jeremiah Hall, and Carson Meyer. I mean, do those guys have a place in the offense, you think? In certain packages, but I don't know if you'll see them. Every, so they're, like, every yeah. down well, they're not yeah. going to have Marquise Brown and CeeDee Lamb forever. Meyer right. should. Meyer, Meyer's a really good blocking tight end. Right, exactly. He's going to be more of the goal line uh, yep. when they would throw uh, what's-his-name out there. Based on some stuff I've heard, I, it feels like if they were going to run an H-back out there tomorrow, it might be Meyer instead yeah. of Paul. I don't – I don't, and I think that's – No, I think that's right. I, yeah. I think that's a little bit of a – a little bit of a Hall hasn't quite gotten to where maybe they hoped he would, but at the same time, I think Meyer is probably better than most people realize. By that. When we talk with Meyer, he's just excited about getting the chance to catch – He's been the blocking guy for so long. He's very pumped to show people that he can catch, too. I think Beamer knows that Hall has a higher ceiling, plus he's younger. He's going to have him for longer. But I I think that excites him. But, yeah, I mean, the more you hear, it sounds like Meyer's the guy that's most ready. So, so where is Willis working? You guys were out there. Is he working tight ends? Is he working H back? Does it he, overlap? He's running on the sidelines. He, well, yeah, yes, he wasn't working yes. the day we were oh, there. Oh, yeah, I love so, that guy. He was limited with I, Rodney, Michael, <laughs> and Sam. I he, he had he, some. It, it wasn't a major. It was one of the. He was dinged up. I mean, he was stretching and, and it was running the second and, day of practice, so it's not yeah. like it was. 
Eddie, Se- you always get so wound up about what's going on the second day of practice. <laughs> you just, you, it keeps you up at night worrying if a guy is on the uh, the bike on the sideline. Well, stunt his development. <laughs> Eddie says he needs those snaps. One thing we did notice when we went out there is that the secondary is very loud. Probably the loudest group of players, almost overly loud. Like, Oh, I like, think that they were putting on a show because yeah, the cameras were there. Yeah, because the cameras were there. There was a lot of mugging going on. Uh, Bob got a really good shot of Trey mugging, Trey Brown. You know what, though? I'd rather have him doing that than just standing there. It's, it's well, that's why I love like gonna, Justin if, Royals. If I love gonna, that he does that. If you're going to go out, go out with a bang. <laughs> Don't just get run over like, like they have the last couple years. It's carried oh, over. I see what you're saying. In the, tray. the mugging, you're talking about yeah. being loud and yeah, obnoxious. Like, and, like if, if you're going to go out, go out guns blazing. Well, I mean, Parnell Motley's always been talkative. Right. Well, they have. That's why it's, sure. it's carried over to Trey Nor, uh, Norwood now because he wasn't that guy last year, and he was on Monday. Yeah. But Justin Royals. he's a little Royals, bit more confident. When you yeah. start games as a freshman, I'm sure you get a little bit more confident. I mean, I you we can talk about the safety position, and I know, I, I know what I said a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but they're going to be better than they were last year. I don't think they're – I think that – there's a little bit of this too that they were just really unlucky at points last year. Like they were in good position on a ball, and Jordan Thomas just didn't just didn't make a play on the ball. But I, let's face it: after they replaced Jordan Thomas, they were better. They were better, and I think Trey Norwood's going to be really good. I think Trey Brown has the chance to be pretty good. Oh. Obviously, Parnell Motley's good. Buki, I mean, they have a they they certainly have a a presence about him. I think the the next step is actually going out on the field and doing it, right? Well, you you mentioned about turning the head, being un, unlucky. You kind of saw it once again in the Drake in the Drake Stoops one one handed catch. Justin Broyles is right there. You gotta start him. God, you gotta let his how mother. much how much can one clip from a practice be overhyped? Oh my god, <laughs> Eddie! <laughs> I'm just saying, like he's in the right position, right? This kind of makes sense. Like Eddie makes a play books. for for the ball. Eddie hates books because you have to read one page at a time. He hates information that is just one little thing at a time because it adds up to to something bigger. Well, if if we're sitting here in five years and, I, you know, just for instance, Drake Stoops doesn't play, there will still be people out there that go back to that one clip and, well, I just don't understand why he did You know put it how long I shit on Dom Whaley. I mean, I every spring I would shit on Dom Whaley. Like he's a walk on. He's a, if he, if Dom Whaley starts, it's because OU has no other running back. And I felt horrible when he got his leg snapped in two against Kansas State because he totally proved me wrong. He was a good running back. He never recovered from that. You're minding me of younger me, and you're scaring me. You're shitting on everything. I, you know, guys. As much as we love Marquise Brown and Ceedee Lamb, obviously two of the best receivers in the country. I'm like Greg Williams. Is, I need a lozenge. Is there anybody at Greg safety or anybody at slot that gets people excited? Michael Jones, as much no. as I loved him out of high school, he hadn't done anything. That's why I mean, he had if, a big touchdown in the Big Twelve Championship game. His I, first. I mean, yeah, his first. Up, his first. He, he'd been the starter for what the entire season, and really, that's that's. I mean, and he had the big catch against Ohio State when Baker made that unbelievable throw. Um, and really, that's the two things I can think of. And I'm not saying he couldn't be a good player. He could. 
But if you told me that like midseason Drake Stoops took his job, it wouldn't shock me for a minute. I, lo- I I've been high on that kid for a long time. I know I'm not the only one, but I just uh, he's a lot better, I think, than people realize. Why you no, boys have him as a three star then, Josh? If you liked him so much, <laughs> well, because I hated him personally. He's just a bad human being. No, Dr- I, I, it is. I mean, like there are. He fits there that things. perfect. He fits that Josh. He fits that perfect six A role, which is yep. He's a guy that makes plays on every team in the state, even the very best teams. I mean, yep. when they played Union, they had to put Trey Brown on him specifically just to shut him down and hound him every moment of every play. And he still had a pretty good. And he night. still had a pretty good night. Yeah, in a really micro scale, it's kind of an example of just how well OU's recruiting right now that they even got him to. Walk on, and of course, it's a different scenario. Well, just I think because their school's dad free and, anyway. Isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, there weren't teams just lining up. I think he, I think he's a perfect example, though, of guys in state that OU needs to get their fair share of, and they've they've certainly done it the last couple of years. When you look at, you know, I, I guess Kobe Tillman would be a, an example of a guy that I think will end up helping somewhere down the road. Well, Nick Nick Basquin, yeah. Is, is yep. an example, and that's when you got Basquin and and Stoops sort of your quote unquote possession guys. And you wonder if J- uh, Crawford, Jalen Robinson might end up being guys that can stretch the field from from the slot spot. Uh, okay, I wanted to switch the defense and kind of get your impressions of some of the things you saw. But first off, we kind of alluded to it uh, about the safety position being a concern, and um. You don't often hear a head coach when when Bob Stoops was a head coach. I don't know how Lincoln's going to be in this, but like Bob would not go out of his way to talk about kids on offense unless they were really, really playing well. well Lincoln did kind of the reverse. He talked about the secondary uh, yesterday about as glowingly as he's talked about anything all fall camp. Fun to watch, honestly. Fun to watch. It's uh, those guys are really going at it. You know, I've been really proud of uh, you know, Justin Broles. I think has really stepped up and done a nice job. See him flying around, making a lot of plays. He does a great job, just bringing energy to the field though, all the time. Kind of like you know Joe Mixon did before, some of the others like that. That just Orlando Brown has done the last few years are just kind of an infectious energy that that really impacts the whole field. Uh, you know, Buki's doing a nice job. Jordan Parker, you could see the first few days was rusty, which is to be expected. He hadn't been on the field in a while, and on top of it, a new position. But I thought the last couple of days has really settled in and excited about where he can go. Uh, Delarin Turner Yale looks like, you know, that he's absolutely got a chance. Robert Barnes has done some good things. Khalil Hotton, I think, is stepping up and playing some of the best ball that he's played. So you can feel the competition. They all feel it, um, and uh, it's making them better. There's a definite sense of urgency with that group. Uh, and then I asked Mike Stoops kind of about uh, Justin Broyles and because uh, I want to get back to Bob about Jordan Parker, uh, but Mike Stoops about Justin Broyles kind of being the chatty guy. Being out here yesterday, couldn't help but hear kind of how vocal your secondary was, and Lincoln had a lot of praise for, for um, Broyles and how he's playing. What, what does a guy like that kind of bring to, to, to your defense? Well, I, I love his energy and his, his attitude towards playing football. I mean, he gets it. Uh, he brings it every day, and, and that's fun. Uh, it's fun having guys out here that talk. And, and, and then, you know, to understand how we're communicating, I, th- I think that's obviously very important. Communication in a defense, all the changes, switches, uh, switching defenses, understanding formations, understanding splits. you got to communicate every snap, and we're doing a better job of that. Now, the one thing you hear 
consistently about Justin Broyles is he's making plays. I mean, I don't know you guys that you talk to, but I mean, to me, a safety is making plays. That's not something you've heard a lot of in, in camps for Oklahoma. And when I talked with uh, Kerry Cooks, what he said between Broyles and Barnes, they keep one-upping each other. Sometimes not even just day-to-day, but within that same day. One drill, Broyles looks great. The next drill, Barnes is fired up, and then he plays better. So he loves what they're bringing to the table. And Jordan Parker, I mean, you heard uh, Lincoln talk about that earlier. It's kind of a slow start, had some time off, uh, but they really think that that he can be a factor there. I know you're working on a, a Jordan Parker article, but kind of what was it that you gleaned from guys talking about Jordan Parker and Jordan himself? Just that he's going to fit really well back there because he can tackle. Something Kerry Cooks mentioned, that even as a freshman, he was the best tackler in the secondary two years ago. And at when you're at the safety spot, you need people that can tackle. So Kerry's very confident that Jordan's going to work out just fine. Mike mentioned that Parker probably around 85% right now. So he'll be 100 by the time the season comes, or when, when it's time for the season. But he's not quite there yet, even though we're a week into camp. Uh, okay, let's talk about just things that you guys saw on the defensive side. Um you know, getting to see some of the new guys. I mean, some of your picks that are up on the site now, Bob. Uh, got to see Brian Osamoa. Uh, Caleb Kelly raved about Deshaun White uh, when I talked to him. Josh, whatever you're doing, stop it. It sounds like you're, I don't know. He's he's clicking. Damn it, the, he's, the, he's, the he's mic clacking. was supposed to be muted. I thought I was muted. Son of a, we're, we're working on a story. Sorry, God everybody. Damn amateur hour around here. It's, it really was. No My way. bad. We're losing My bad, our sponsor dog. after the show. Uh, no, but but I thought the one thing that Mike told me that was interesting is it was kind of like just me and him talking. And I said, Mike, you know, what are you doing for, for edge rushers? And he mentioned uh, that, you know, they, they're not going to have an oboe this year, that they're going to have to do things a little bit differently. And I said, well, and he talked about, you know, losing Jalen Redmond is something that still bothers him. Uh, but he said that from what he's seen from Nick Benito, he thinks he has a chance, it makes which I thought sense. was really interesting. It makes sense. That was Mike's guy. He wanted him in a huge way going to Florida to try to make it happen. So he's he's fired up. When you look at Nick, seems like he fits in physically. And what just Mike, because Caleb Kelly brought him up too to me. I'll throw some video of Benito that I got on practice. I don't think I have yet. I'll throw it on Yeah, because we didn't have any pics of him. Um, he look, Physically, he looks okay. I think Ryan Jones looks amazing. Yeah, no, there's a there's your X factor. I mean, really, like, I think Ryan Jones could end up being the type of guy that not necessarily everybody looks back on and wonders how he ended up at OU, but I mean, for me personally, he's definitely a guy that's like, I think he could end up being really good. I haven't seen him play yet, but I think he could end up being really good. And you know, the guy we, have, for, we have room on the bus in the Ryan Jones fan club. Is there still some stock? Yeah, he made the fearless twenty. He made the fearless twenty already. He he is in the fearless twenty, which probably yes. means he's gonna get hurt and miss the entire season. Yeah, man. it's been kind of a curse for some guys. So it's mainly some wide can't receivers. Handle the heat. Really, uh, Adrian Tanell that is still not forgetting me. <laughs> so, we all fell for that one. Uh, I think even was, Sam Bradford fell for that one. I think everybody <laughs> fell for that. Yeah. One. By the Sorry, way, Adrian. is it is it just me? Am I the only one that just habitually forgets? About Ronnie Perkins? No, you no. no. If if you wear a single digit 
and you're a defensive tackle, you don't ever get forgotten in my book. But like, I think he's got a really good chance to make an impact on this team. No, I, and I, I forget to even bring him up to coaches. Well, we haven't, we didn't have any defensive linemen at we asked all. For roughing yesterday. Yeah, we really yeah. haven't, we haven't we didn't, talked no, about the defensive line really that much. I mean, well, asked we about them. We talked to Calvin at the him. golf thing. Yeah, yeah. that's a couple weeks yeah. ago. But like, now. I keep even talking to Mike. I keep forgetting to ask about Ronnie Perkins, and I know they're they like him a lot. Well, that almost begs the question. You guys talked about who you had a chance to talk to. Does it almost speak to that if there's any group on the defense that you're like, okay, they might be okay? It's the defensive line. It's more, I don't know who to go to to talk to if Neville Gallimore's out with a boot. Because Imani Bledsoe's not the best talker. They need that group to be real. I think they feel like, as a whole, the defense is going to be decent. I, and think, I know that I we, mean, we fall into this trap every year, and I, I myself included. That but they're going to suck. No, that they're going to be that they'll, actually they'll be not better. bad. Yeah. I'm actually generally the one in trouble by the coaches because I say they're not going to be any good. I think that was Bob after they beat Alabama. Like this is the But this, they had Gina Grissom is, and Eric Stryker and who else was on that line? Charles Tapper. This is the discussion that Those is on the board. Guys. Like to be better defensively, don't you think they just need to be better in like ten to fifteen plays? Is that the biggest difference between being a his poor defense and a yeah, but how do you equate okay, that? Is that do you need getting two off more, the field on third two down? more five third stars yeah. to, to be better on fifteen plays in a game? I, I guess that's the big question. I mean, do you need do that's you need the question I'm asking. At least one All American defensive tackle to be that much better. I, I mean, think you need a couple All Big Twelve. There's a formula guys. there that's yeah. like you know, it's like I think Allen you need a couple from, All Big Twelve guys. Well, what if your guys are you know? We talked earlier about whether Oklahoma might run the ball a little bit more. Well, does that take seven or eight snaps away from that defense, whether you're just limiting the ability for those things to go wrong? I think it could. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, that doesn't mean it won't, but it's fewer plays where something can, you sure. know, could happen, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think it could. Let's face it. They, I mean, there, has not, there hasn't been dominant players at more than two positions on Oklahoma's defense in a long fair. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and especially on the defensive line. I mean, maybe they've had... I mean, they haven't had. I mean, Jordan Evans at times was dominant linebacker. At times, he sucked. Yeah, Texas Tech. He okay, sucked. Okay, well then, how many players, at legitimate position wise, have a chance to be all Big Twelve by the end of the season? And they start the season with none on the preseason I, team. I will, I will die on my sword that Kenneth Murray is going to have a great season. Like I, as I don't long see as they how it's not possible. As long for as him they don't have any injuries, I think Caleb Kelly and Kenneth Murray is a great combo. Yep. I don't know about On Caleb paper, Kelly. They could yet. be. I mean, I think Motley could be that you guy. You think he's better yep. than Emmanuel Beal, right? Yeah. Are we going back to a board are we, argument are we right going, now? That's what. That's no. what I'm saying. All though. I said was, look, when you watched Emmanuel no, Beal over the last two you. years, he made a lot of plays, and people shit all over it. Right. No, I agree with you. He was a very, and you know what? I think. Last year, leaving him at the starting wheel was the best decision for that defense. You had Will Johnson. You had, I mean, what they did to Caleb Kelly last year, it was bad. I mean, it was a bad plan. To take him off the field is bad. And maybe if they'd gone through the growing pains last year, they'd be in a great position right now with Caleb Kelly. Yeah. So you could argue they still made a mistake by playing Emmanuel Beal there instead of Caleb Kelly. I don't know. Here's Mike Stoops talking about Caleb Kelly and his development. 
I've been really, I think it's been good for him. Uh, I think it's the right position. I, I think long-term success, we're always looking at our players being a factor in, in certain positions, and, and I think it's been a very positive move for Caleb. Uh, I think it, that brings up Ryan Jones and, and Nick Benito, two guys uh, that are very athletic coming off the edge. So it's continually trying to put as much speed, athleticism, and position to make plays and cover field space. Caleb gives you a lot of length in the middle of the field, and, and that's you know that'll come in in, in in effect quarterbacks throwing lanes and things like that. So I've uh, been you know pleased with his his overall progress there, uh, especially being out all spring. Uh, it seems like he's put a lot of obvious you know film study in throughout the the course of the the summer and has worked hard, has has moved well. So been really impressed with with all those uh, those linebackers. I'll throw this out to you, Josh and Bob, because I think it's I think it's a dead on statement. But there's a lot to be said that OU has a reputation on the line when it comes to Caleb Kelly. If they if they pull in a five star, and he doesn't become a guy that NFL teams really want after this season. It's going to hurt OU's defensive reputation. It'll hurt the defensive rep, and then it's going to hurt the Fresno thing. Yeah. I mean, that he was the, the last hope. Hatari Bird, Moore, Micaiah Quick, none of them panned out, but Kelly was the surefire bet that this was going to be exactly what everyone wanted. So I think there's a, a second side to that. But, yeah, if you bring a five-star and you see his potential and you can't find a way to put him in the right spot to make him that guy, that is going to be something that's going to be used against the Sooners for at least the next couple of years. I think that's a, Bob hit the nail on the head. It's not so much that I think kids would be aware of it outside. I think the only kids who would be aware of it are in the Fresno area. I think they would be mindful of it because the, the recent offer uh, to the McMillan kid in Fresno, he talked about Caleb Kelly being a guy he really looks up to. So he's going to be aware that this guy was, you know, could have gone anywhere in the country and ends up really just not doing much at Oklahoma. I mean, having a decent career, but certainly not living up to what everyone expected. And then nationally, you're talking about every school in the country when OU tries to walk in the door with an elite, uh, not just linebacker, just elite defender. Yeah, look what happened last time they got a five-star. That guy didn't do anything. You know, I mean, and you can run down the list. That's Oklahoma's biggest problem recruiting defensively right now is they have no or at least very few NFL skins on the wall that's what these kids care about they want a shot in the NFL and I mean what would you say right now Stacy McGee's their second best defensive NFL player who did frankly nothing at Oklahoma to a real note oh I'd say I'd probably put I mean just based on contract wise I'd say Tony Jefferson then Aaron Colvin Sure, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I got a little fixed. I think I got Tony. Yeah, but the problem is Tony Jefferson wasn't drafted. That's true. Yeah, no, that's, was, no. that looks <laughs> bad when that your looks best bad. defensive bad. guy wasn't drafted. Yeah, apparently by the staff. Absolutely. I, it, there's a lot of pressure on Caleb Kelly, and he's talked about it a little bit. We've played that audio from local media day about him talking about how he knows that basically this is paraphrasing that he was a five star. He was a five star, and he has yeah, he hasn't hasn't been as good as everybody thought he was. This all comes down to... How much pressure does that put on Buki? Because I feel like <laughs> the expectations for Buki I don't think, I don't are think, 
I don't think he feels the weight of expectations. I just don't. He might not, but I feel like people's expectations, like, I feel like fans think he's going to get three picks a game. And when he doesn't, it's going to be, oh, well, this, this five-star. Another, Another bust. Another bust. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the expectations, and I've played a part of that. I, I mean... You put anything out on the internet about Buki, it's going to get retweeted well, hundreds nobody, of times. Nobody has, nobody has uh, taken any care to uh, mute themselves, whether it's coaches, players, whatever. Nobody has toned it down when it comes to praise for Buki. That continued is now that we're in the camp. Like Car- everyone, yeah. everyone believes he's going to be a star. I just no one no one has I can't remember pulled back a, the reins on the praise for Buki. I can't remember a time that a defensive player and I definitely wasn't around when you know Tommy Harris came in. I'm still in high school, I guess. But people are acting like he is like leaps and bounds better than every person on the team. The great ones usually are. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean, there was it's no just crazy. doubt. I can't remember. A there player was no this. doubt. Adrian Peterson was replacing Kewan Jones. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. It's it's just it's wild to me that I guess there's pressure on him as well as Caleb Kelly though is what I was getting at. Well, oh, you need some five stars on defense to start producing. It's a little different line. when you're a five star and you know you you've only had a moderate amount of success, like because if and you're going in your third year. Because if Buki blows up this year, I think that's worth at least. <laughs> I don't know, Josh Bob. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's worth at least two more five stars in the next two classes maybe less or more than that like if, if Buki does really well they're gonna start recruiting at an even higher level I guess is what I'm trying to say I think that's fair I mean I don't know that they'll hit that number but I think you'd suddenly see Oklahoma involved with some guys that maybe you wouldn't have they would have never had a chance yeah, you yeah. Know, a, I, I think that's fair you know as a perfect example is Ohio State like their defense they have great players on their defense, but you don't think of their defense like you do Alabama's. I mean, they're not they they produce a lot of guys in the NFL. Yeah. They get a lot of great recruits. But I wouldn't say they're maximizing their talent potential like Alabama does. Yet kids will look at Oklahoma and look at Ohio State and say, Well, that's I should be there because they're putting more kids in the NFL. I don't know that Ohio State's defense especially the one we saw last year, they probably would have got shredded in the Big 12. Got shredded against Hawkeyes. Yeah. Which is not a Big 12 offense by any Iowa. stretch. Iowa. Girl's still missing. I know. Did you see what her dad said? Yeah, that there's probably somebody she knew. Something doesn't add up here. Something's, something's out there. But they found a body, and they thought it might be hers, and they told the parents and everything. It's probably one of the 48. It's missing. Well, I'm only doing this because I know it infuriates Josh's wife. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll let Tiffany listen to this and watch her <laughs> boil today. No, we were talking about it because I was like, did you hear about this thing? And Tiffany's usually, she's on BuzzFeed. You know, she reads a lot of different kind of aggregate stuff, and I, I was shocked she hadn't brought it up to me before because – Obviously, we have two little girls, and it's kind of right in our wheelhouse. And she was like, really? And so she starts looking it up, and so then she just starts kind of fact-checking. And it was, for those out there that aren't aware, like, the numbers are a little misconstrued. Like, it's not quite as 
the epidemic as maybe it was presented as last week. And not, God, I, I, that was a terrible time to laugh. Obviously yeah. really sad these girls are missing, and that, that's terrible. But I just mean, like, she was reading that the reports are, like, if one kid runs away five times, that's reported as five missing children. Well, it's only one kid, and he might have run around the corner. Like, it doesn't get updated when they are found. Like, I mean, so there's there's a lot of stuff that the numbers kind of lie to you just a little bit. The thoughts on this podcast are not represented by the McQuishan family. That is <laughs> maybe hearsay, and that might just be rumors is what he's saying. Can we talk about the fact that Eddie has worked with me for nearly a decade and can still not say my last name? Yeah, I noticed that too just now. What did I say? McQuishan. 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 Should we have a word? Of, should I give you like a word of the day just to see how it goes? Well, hey, we need our Urban Dictionary word of the day. we got to get on that. <laughs> mm, I only know really bad ones. Yeah, well, I mean, that's. I'm still not over the Pringle stack. Pringle stack. <laughs> Just look up a state and a name of a food. Like, look up. Uh, I mean, Nevada pizza roll or something. Alabama hot pockets too good. No, you can't read that one. That's disgusting. That's true. Well, don't look that up, people. I'm not. No, I'm telling the people oh, listening. The people don't. Yeah, don't do don't that. Don't do it. It's don't. Trust me. Look it up, though. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Sun. How do that's we? A uh, yeah, that's a pretty funny one too. Well, all right. Uh, I guess we got off of our defensive <laughs> tangent. We went a really long time before oh. we got off on any tangents. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty this good. one is too topical for Eddie and Carrie. I just went into Urban Dictionary and looked under their top-rated ones. Looking for Boston Market is the term. No way. That's a urban Whoa. dictionary. Exactly. So I was like, this You know, is, I'm this a is huge you. Boston Market fan. A euphemism for masturbating in public. First coined by New York Jets tied in Kellen Winslow. Oh my second. god. Kellen oh. Winslow. Oh, because he said he told the cops he was Yeah, that yeah. was pretty good. He was Damn uh, you, Kellen Winslow. He was a soldier. Didn't he just get arrested for like Multiple felony rape charges. Yeah, it is really bad. Elderly women, too. Really bad. By the way, there is a new Boston Market uh, on I-35. I believe it's before you get to the In-N-Out in Denton. You take that crumb exit, what is it, like 492 or something? I don't something? know if I'd ever... Tra- is, is it in a gas station? Yeah, that's fine. I don't, know, I don't trust The travel that. center. I don't even trust the McDonald's in a travel center. Just shut up. It's fine. I just got drive, some to go last time. Go it was great. one exit down and just go to in and out I got extra cornbread. It was fine. Trust it. Good. You can't go there with me. That's fine. Me and Eddie will go in and out in Denton. We're good. That one sucks. It's just like all the other ones. It's not any good. Wildly overrated. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. But Josh is saying in and out as a whole. No, he means that right? one. No, 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 I mean, no, no, I no he doesn't. I want to destroy that in and out for you now that you've shit on my my Boston Market. Okay, you tell me which one you you would eat at an In and Out, just a regular In and Out. I love In and Out, but there's no reason Boston for you market. to shit on the Boston Market that is like within two hours of driving distance in a, in a gas station. You're just shitting on it just to piss me off. I may never eat Boston. Boston Market's ruined. It's run for me. It's fine. <laughs> we'll never go again. That's fine. It's, it's I'll run never for me take now. you again. Oh, uh, for the for people me. out there that just don't realize, this is like the end of an era. The Eddie and Carrie Boston Market thing is a special, special relationship. Started pretty in good. Arizona. It's pretty good. 
It was over there by Barrett Jackson. It wasn't. It was now that was kind of a shitty Boston Market. It wasn't that good, but it. That's when they first introduced the loaded potatoes. I haven't been out to Phoenix, I guess, in the last couple of years. I know, it kind of sucks not going out there. Does Fiesta Bowl have a playoff this year? I don't think they do. They're the Cactus Bowl now. They had the trophy. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, Big playing. Media days. Everybody's playing for it. <laughs> By the way, uh, who watched Hard Knocks last night? Very good. I'll tell not, you what. Would you say very good or it was, oh, it was would, a good episode it was, because it's Hard Knocks, but... I don't think you can say it was one of the better hard knocks opens. It wasn't Vince Wilfork coming in no, with was, with, uh, with the overalls. It was it was a good. I mean, I I liked it just because Baker was on it probably. But Jarvis Landry was fantastic. Jarvis Landry's awesome. He seems like a guy that you would want on your team. I will say though, and I said it this morning. By the way, the the I just have to uh, the best tweet I saw last night was when. <laughs> When did Cleveland hire a walrus to be its offensive line coach? Dude, when he when when they showed like the little video clip of him talking to the assistant, was that Gabe Eichard's like, offensive line coach last I year? I don't know. We need to talk to Gabe about him. I bet he is a oh, ultimate football God. guy. But I was like, why is he talking to these janitors? Like, who are these guys? <laughs> why is the janitor coaching the offensive yes, line? Like, why why is this guy like sitting in there? Usually I'll watch Hard Knocks though, and halfway through the show I kind of talk myself into like, okay, these guys could be end up being pretty good. By the way, Bob has to get out of here, so he's got to go do franchises. See you, Bob. So we'll just do it that way because uh, Bob uh, will let him skip. But no, uh, go ahead, Jay. Oh no, thoughts. but like no, halfway through the show I'm usually like, they could be end up being pretty good. Like this team could. Get it Dude, together and I be buy good in. good at quarterback. Like Tyrod Taylor but then is I watched, pretty decent. Cleveland is going to be, they could be awful. Like just watching Their offensive practice, line's probably going to be terrible. They could be terrible. It's probably going to look like Sam's first few years in LA or in St. Good Louis. thing Baker and Tyrod can move a little bit better than Sam can because Yeah, I mean it, they're going to they'll end up ruining Tyrod Taylor's career just so Baker doesn't get killed. I like Hugh Jackson though. I think he's a good guy. Like but I think that's the problem. He might have a little John Blake in him just as far as well, he's, got, he's more of a buddy than a he's coach. He's got a room full of crazy people as his coaches. Todd Haley and Greg Williams They're gonna kill each other. Are two of the craziest MFers in the league. Yeah, they're they're insane. He basically had to tell them, I'm the coach, you guys don't have a say in anything, so shut up. I just love that he wanted <laughs> Baker back to coach. like he wanted Baker to come to morning workouts and, with, and like what Eddie was talking about, kind of like buddy about it. Like, well, what are you doing for morning workouts? It, Tell his ass to be there. Like, yeah. if that's what you want him to do. This oh, isn't like this are is old a democracy. It, I you don't have know. to relate to kids. Yeah, but I mean, there's a reason. Not just kids. I but found myself. You know how many knuckleheads are in that organization? I found myself saying a lot last night. So that's why they're 1 in 31 in the last two years. Yeah. Well, Jarvis Landry found that out pretty yeah, fast. Jarvis Landry was sick of their shit the first day that he was there. But no, I thought the 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 football part of it was the best part when it was Tyrod good. Taylor and Baker were going back and forth. Oh, and, you could put a little league team out there, and if they did the same production that Hard Knocks puts out, I'd watch every one of them. I, my question is, how does Baker Mayfield ever complete a pass after watching that wide receiving core? Yeah, they're pretty bad. I mean, they released Corey Coleman last night. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, they traded him for pretty no, much a sack of balls. Bills. Yeah, I think for like a seventh round pick. I like the uh, I like the four string quarterback too, <laughs> Brogan. Yeah, Brogan is not going to be in Cleveland very long. No, 
He'll be there long enough to take care of the RV. Yeah. It's pretty good, though. Yeah, go sign. Not if bad. you're not, you know, first off, go get your 99, you know, gear. Willie McGinnis is also a monster. Because Miles Garrett is huge. Yeah, he is. And he he made Miles Garrett look kind of small. This was my comment uh, after they showed Miles Garrett walking around without a shirt on. I said, when I saw that, I was sitting in my living room, fully clothed. After I saw Miles Garrett without a shirt on, I put another shirt on because I felt so, I felt so uh, inadequate. Yeah, he's. They got some dudes. Am I a bad NFL football fan? I've never heard of the linebacker, uh, Christian. Uh, is it Wilkins or something like that? The guy that was the drummer, middle linebacker. Oh yeah, I'd never heard of that guy. Mm. Played at Iowa. Maybe he played against OU in the inside bowl. I don't know. I think this is like his third year. I did like the financial planner defensive end. Yeah, he's a good football player, too. Penn yeah. State. Yeah. All right. Um, I had a really bad joke about Penn State and saving money that we'll save for another <laughs> time. Josh, uh, you, you've gone quiet, honestly. Is there anything you wanted to hit on recruiting before we get out of here? No, no, I'm, I'm still here. You know, just one of those things where I saw like half a hard knock. So some of what you guys are covering, I didn't get to uh, in my uh, in my viewing yet. Sorry, so. we didn't th- throw out hey, spoiler alert. Josh, here we'll we'll throw it to no, you for no. this. Then uh, Stacy Wilkins, you were at his announcement yeah. last Friday. Uh, how was your visit to Camden? Camden, Arkansas is a special place. You know, I think it's it's not a place I'll soon forget. Let's put it that way. It was at uh, the Camden Country Club and. The funny part about it is I was on my way out there. I had to leave kind of early that morning to make the drive up, and I I didn't know it was going to be at a country club. I just assumed it was going to be at the high school. So I get about halfway there, and Stacy texts me and lets me know where to go and that kind of thing. And I I remember thinking, I was like, oh, this could be bad, because I'm thinking country club, you know. I'm on my way up, and I'm in, you know, I'm in a three-button and some shorts, and I don't have my flip-flops on, so I had that going for me. But, you know, they were just slip-on shoes. It was nothing. I didn't look like a guy that could walk into every country club in the country. And so I walk, and and I finally, I pull up, and I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be fine. This is no problem. So no diss to the Camden Country Club, but from what I can tell, Camden is a town that about 20 years ago was pretty affluent. Maybe some things shut down in the area and has kind of gone down a little bit in the time since then. So, um, but at the same time, it was a really nice ceremony. I mean, they bunch of people there, you know, his, his family was all there. sister who, his sister who bears a striking physical resemblance to Ashley Paris, um, was kind of crazy. But, um, like I said, just kind of going through it. The thing that I liked the most about the whole deal, though, Stacey Wilkins' actual announcement was about 37 seconds long. Like, it took, they were about 20 minutes late getting it started. They kind of all moved around. It took a little while to get going. But when he finally took the mic to his face and started talking, it, it was really like, thanks to everybody here, I'm going to Oklahoma. Like, there was no preamble. There was no hat show. It was just straightforward. Hmm. Those kids usually do well at Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. I like yeah. that. His coach, coincidentally, we mentioned Jason Kersey earlier, is a Noble High School graduate and knew Kersey a little bit. No so, kidding. Uh-huh. Yep. Was 
He, and he was telling me he has quite caught quite a bit of hell on the local radio stations because of the belief that Stacy was going to pick Oklahoma at the time. So apparently there was a lot of belief that he was steering him towards Oklahoma. I did not get that impression. Arkansas fans? Conspiracy? I don't think so. I, you know, is I there is I, there a more t- is there a fan base that has lost touch with reality more than Arkansas? Maybe Man, Texas A and M. They're yeah, very similar. My, they're like a, a smaller version. They're like a. And the fun Arkansas part is, is Arkansas like probably the, accomplished more in their history. Arkansas is kind of like the Dollar General to Texas A and M to Walmart. Yeah. Oh, people forget all the time the sixties and seventies. Dollar Arkansas Tree was Dollar like General. a national power. <laughs> no, I mean. Yeah, Barry Switzer's going to come kill us now. <laughs> Bring it. Never get on. I'm never getting on your punk ass, son, bitch. We're sorry, coach. I mean, I look, I grew up, you know, I understand. Arkansas has never what been What Arkansas good in my football lifetime. is all about. The whole Lou Holtz beating OU. Quinn Grovey from Duncan went and played there. I loved watching him play at Arkansas. Barry Foster. Former Pittsburgh Steeler. They, I mean, they've had some really good players, but I don't. Just they've made some bad decisions. They should be better than they are, but their fans are. Yeah, they're hard. They make it hard to root for them. I'm trying to see here real quick. The way they blew up on Kersey about that Arkansas State thing was pretty funny. It's an inferiority complex that Arkansas fans have. Arkansas has won. 11 games one time in my lifetime, and that was 2011. Hmm. It was Bobby Petrino. Say what you will, that man can coach. Bobby Petrino? Yep. Oh. He, he, he's an epic bastard, but he, he can coach. If, if your school is doesn't have a problem skating the rules, maybe getting in trouble, I, I would hire Bobby Petrino. After Urban Meyer, which one would be your first? Uh, well, Urban Meyer's been getting away with it longer, so might be a little more. Like, I, I, I actually think that Urban Meyer probably helped Aaron Hernandez bury a body, so <laughs> I would probably hire Urban Meyer. I don't know, though. Bobby Petrino was banging his secretary, and I kind of respect that. Why does I mean, like, why does I don't think it was a secretary, I think she worked like in the athletic department. Oh, I thought it was a secretary. And wasn't the wasn't she the wife of someone else who worked in the athletic department? Like just I believe just, that's correct. Or they had been separated or something like that. Yeah, like I mean, so he the just Louis- wasn't zero the, F's given. He was just gonna do it right out in front of everybody. The Louisville Athletic Program at one point, the department must have been really, really fun. Got Rick Patino, yeah, getting everybody hookers. Bobby Petrino banging everything that's in sight. Just living the dream. Yeah. He's one of those ugly people that was a sex addict. Bobby Petrino? Yeah. Well, he probably... Like, how does that happen? He, You're head, ugly. He's a head football coach. No, he's I guess. a bunch guess. of money. I guess. I bet he wasn't he getting that. He just learns to prey on interns? Is that? Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't getting that ass when he was an assistant. GA. You gotta be the head coach. I'd just like to... I don't want to take advantage of that playbook. i just like to see that playbook. I'd like to know how that works. If you win the lottery, I bet it happens. You just make so many promises to a dumb intern. I think you just pay them just straight up. Like they hoes. They're not a whore if they work there? Technically not, I guess. 
they're just a hoe for the university. They're not actually your hoe. True. All right, I think our discussion has come to an end on that one. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, look, look, there's lots to come still. Um, I, you know, the safety thing is really going to be interesting. Caleb Kelly's going to be interesting. Uh, what happens at the defensive line? Nick Benito, Ryan Jones, um, God, Ronnie Perkins. I'm going to remember to ask about Ronnie Perkins at some point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, Neville Gallimore just needs to be healthy and out there. But offensively, I mean, it's it's it kind of just got to the point where like, well, we don't really know what to ask on offense or talk about on offense. But I think, as we've talked about in the podcast, there's some intriguing storylines. This offense is going to look a certain way, and I don't. I think it's going to look different than it did last year under Baker. It's going to operate differently. I mean, they're going to have the same elements of the offense, but there's just going to be, it'll be more run heavy, more quarterback run heavy, maybe more pass heavy. It's gonna, it's gonna change. There's gonna be some differences. Has to. You can't go. You can't expect Kyler Murray. You can't expect Austin Kendall. You can't expect whoever to replicate what or duplicate what Baker has done the last three years. And I think it'd be stupid to think that they should try to. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. I, I I think that, but I do think that in a way, oh, he's really lucky that they have Lincoln Riley running it because he's going to figure out a way. If there's anything that we can take from the first four years he's been in Norman, he has kind of a knack for doing this. By the way, I, I think someone said during the podcast today that I totally don't believe. And that is, I don't trust, I don't believe that Marcellius Sutton is going to be the number three back. Agreed completely. That, that's that's no way. I don't see it. I mean, yeah, probably not. I just threw that out there for like a change of pace guy. Just <laughs> looking back to the uh, spring game. I mean, Do they have better just, options back there. It's going to be sure. so small. It's kind of like what we just talked about with when we were talking about, you know, you could start to set up Austin Kendall to go forward. Basically, you've got Sutton as a one year rental. Or you can start to get Kennedy Brooks some snaps and start building towards your future backfield. Dude, I like Kennedy Brooks in the spring game. I'm on record as being or TJ Pledger. I mean, a Kennedy Brooks fan. Yeah, we didn't even get to see TJ Pledger, so we don't really. I don't really have a strong opinion on him. Kennedy Brooks led the DFW area in rushing as a senior on a team that Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, not anything just terrific. So that tells uh, no, me that he must be pretty, pretty damn good. good. His junior year especially. His okay. junior year, they were a legitimate state title contender. I mean, I, I, I don't think they were going to get there. But, I mean, they were – if you'd have told me they got to semis that year, I could have bought it. Um, they were, I mean, like I said, they're not the Cedar – like, not consistently great, like the Cedar Hills mm-hmm. and some of that kind of stuff. But uh, definitely, Mansfield's a good team, a good program. I think if he continues to put on good weight, he could be a really good running back. From Just from what I've seen so far. He has a really good build. And as I've said before, the same guy that was his head coach his junior year was uh, Tanner Mordecai's head coach his senior year at Midway. He made the move down from Mansfield to Mako Midway. So Speaking of Tanner Mordecai, wasn't uh, not bad. Wasn't uh, disappointed with anything I saw in him God, compared to, to the other guys. The last great quarterback with the number 15, Jeff Hostetler. I was going to say Brent Rawls. Oh, Drew Allen. Drew Allen, yeah. 
pride of San Antonio. The great Drew Allen. The pride of San Antonio before BFJ. The <laughs> he was back in town yesterday. He hangs out with BFJ. Does he? Drew Allen was one of the first kids to ever tell me to my face that he didn't have an OU offer when I knew damn well he had no U offer. That sounds very Drew Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I always I thought didn't Drew, Drew was Allen funny, very he, well, but that sounds very Drew. Yeah, he likes to screw with people. He likes to goof around for sure. He, like I said, nice kid. Always liked dealing with him, but just was a little bit of a goofball. That's what happens when you come for money. What school did he go to? Churchill. Churchill. Same school no, as Dimitri? Is that right? No, Dimitri went to Churchill. Wasn't yep, the story right. about him? Like his parents had a ranch right next to the AT&T guy's ranch. Uh, well, I know what's his name used to always go out there and hunt Lance it with Berkman. Him. Lance Berkman. Yeah. Oh wow. That was like one of their. Yeah, I mean, like he's not just like kind of wealthy. He's like real, <laughs> real, real wealthy. He was real wealthy. Um, Alamo like, Heights. Money. That was Alamo it. Heights. That's it. That just sounds like a. That's some fraternity brothers. Alamo, Alamo Heights. Heights. That's right. Yeah, that. I can think of one in Fort Worth, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Heights, and you're like that. That's not a, that's not a wealthy school. But generally, if I hear the Heights, I'm like, I'm going to guess you that that's that's a good place to go to school. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted ourselves. I know I've exhausted my voice somehow. Um. So yeah, spring practice going. Want to mention it one more time uh, while you're listening. If you've ever thought about subscribing, now is the time to do it. We all know the Jordan gear, the hottest stuff on the planet right now, the OU Jordan gear. You can get it in our Rivals fan shop, uh, and we will give you a $99 gift certificate to buy as much Jordan gear as you can possibly buy just for signing up for a year of Sooner Scoop. So $99 for a year of Sooner Scoop, $99 gift certificate. Basically, we know you want the Jordan gear, so... Boom. It's it's essentially a free year to Sooner Scoop. And then hopefully you'll get addicted to it and you won't be able to live without us after that. And this is only f- if you're not a subscriber currently uh, or you're a new subscriber. Go to our Twitter page. It has links there for you. If you're a new user, how to sign up. If you're a registered user but you're not currently a member, it has a link there for you too. And you use the promo code GETGEAR99. And we will send you a gift certificate through your email address that you you, you register with. And let me tell you this. This is also, if you are like a registered user and you have an old email address that you can't access anymore, dump it and start over. Because you have to be able to, we're going to email you these gift certificates. That's a big problem that we tend to have with this. The email on file you need to have one that you can access. If it's an old account and it's got like an OUEDU email or something, you can't access it anymore, dump that account and start over. Yeah, Otherwise, so you'll when never you sign get up, your gift card. Don't give some bunk email. You're going to need the right yes. email. Otherwise, you're not going to get your $99 gift certificate. So uh, go sign up. It's the best deal that you're going to get from us. Uh, supplies, only while supplies last. Uh, Yahoo Sports gives us a, a, a number of these, and when they run out, they run out. We can't do it anymore. So I can't even tell you. You might be listening to this podcast in three days. It might be over by then. It and just we are depends. selling like crazy at the moment. At so the moment, since we started this podcast, I think we've almost doubled signups. So yep. 
it, it's going fast. And like I said, the Jordan gear, we know it's popular, uh, but you can load up on it. Basically costs you nothing for a full year of Sooner Scoop. So go sign up. We appreciate y'all listening to the podcast. A lot of big changes to come. We're excited to announce those to you uh, here very soon. Uh, our, all your listening, all your supporting of the podcast has really paid off in a big way. Uh, we'll let you know more about that here in another week or two. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to uh, Eddie. Thanks to Bob who took off to do some of his own radio. And we'll see you guys back here next week with a lot more practice information in tow uh, on the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.